I have a funny story for you guys. Dang, dang, I didn't hit the button. I'm bad, I'm bad. You said get going and then I didn't do it. Oh. Okay, we're going now. Take two. I have a funny story for you guys. <laughs> I love stories. You don't say. <clears throat> uh, shortly after Michael joined the podcast around episode 50? No. Yeah. Right? Uh, I think it was a little maybe. further than that. Uh, 70s, maybe? Maybe. No research. No research. Uh, this is episode 150 question mark. Last week was episode 155. Do you know exactly 100 episodes at episode 55? We did episode 55 and episode 55 and a half. Oh, well then, Wait, I feel what? like it's only really? appropriate that this exactly be 155 and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's almost too coincidental to be a coincidence. It's like we planned it. Yeah. If I Did believe we it? could plan anything that far in advance. <laughs> Michael, you're giving away the show here, man. Come on. <laughs> This has been the production minute. <laughs> yeah. Funny story. So last week we said 156 was going to have a bunch of stuff that wasn't Avengers Endgame, but we we didn't quite lie. This is going to be 155 and a half. Yeah. So 156 will still have plenty of non-Endgame. Yeah. We didn't finish. We didn't finish. Yeah. There's got to talk about it more. So I Welcome guess right back. up top. <laughs> Spoiler just, warning again. Yep. All over the place. We're going to spoil everything. Oh. <laughs> uh, Poor JJ. I'm sorry you have a cold, buddy. I know. I'm sorry if I sound like garbage. It's my own fault, not oh, no, I just the sound feel, quality. Yeah, no, I feel just feel bad. Yeah, we've all been there on a pod where you're like, uh Yeah, just sort of <laughs> slugging through the haze. Yeah. I know. It's like this is unbelievably this is the part where I'm sounding better now than it was like two days ago. Oh no. But yeah, I would rather not sound like this. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's take our minds off of it and get right back into it. Last time, again, uh, we're literally going to talk about everything in Avengers Endgame. Um, so this is your last chance to duck out until next week, one fifty-six for real. And we may unintentionally spoil previous movies in the MCU also, I guess, also to be fair, since this kind of deals with a lot of them. Good point. I feel like at, I feel like at this point, if you haven't seen the previous movies, it's kind of fair game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because you probably had stuff explained to you at the end. We were like, if it was integral to this, then somebody probably told you why. Yeah. That's true. I don't know. All right. Uh, last week we did Cap, Iron Man, Thor, Hulk. We talked a lot about the movie in general, why we thought it ended the way it had to end, and uh, a little bit about that that ending with Cap. Maybe we should do that right at the top. Looks like maybe Michael, you found an article that says, "Yeah, we were right." A, yeah, uh, yes, and maybe no. Um, there doesn't seem to be consensus. Was basically what I drew from that article, which said that the directors and the writers have two different opinions on whether Cap was in the actual timeline or in an alternate timeline. It sounded to me like the directors tried to come up with an excuse of. He branched the timeline and lived in a different timeline and then somehow jumped back into the main timeline? Yes. 
that doesn't that work. Was, that was their interpretation of of that scene. Uh, and the Russo brothers apparently thought, no, no, it's in the main timeline. The thing that I saw said that the writers had intended him to have lived with Peggy that whole time, and he was the father of the children that Peggy has, and that whole loop, which doesn't we talked about last time, that maybe doesn't make all the way a ton of sense. Right. Basically retconning. What they should have done eventually in the beginning is never have shown that Peggy, or if Peggy had a husband, who he was, basically, right? Right. And I guess I'm still not clear. Do they actually show her husband in other TV or whatever? I thought you saw a shot of him in one of the movies, but I don't remember that for sure. I'm almost certain it's it's like because he doesn't he meet her daughter and it's not like she goes, oh, my God, you're my dad. Well, at that point, he would be 40 years younger or whatever, so it wouldn't look like her dad. Oh, come on. If you saw a picture of your dad 40 years ago. I'm trying to hand wave here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was yeah, it was hard to go 20 movies later and be like, oh, whoops. Yeah, you know, and give you a great ending. I think the the retcon is on based on the the talk I saw. Yeah, I think they had I think they had a good place that they wanted to go with it, and just you can't quite connect all the dots. And well, it just it doesn't quite line up to me because he says that he doesn't want to talk to Sam about her. But Bucky's standing right there and he could have just looked over and been like, hey, me and Peggy, you know, because Bucky knew Peggy. Yeah. So that's kind of weird, too. I thought when he said he didn't want to talk about her that we weren't going to have that scene at the end and that it was going to be fine because he went off and lived his life with somebody else. Yeah, I don't know. That that comment felt in character and in line with the nature of his relationship with Sam, which is that they're always kind of they're always kind of ribbing each other. They're like work friends, you know, they don't want to talk about personal <laughs> stuff all the time. <laughs> OK, I believe that. Um, I think the ending is good that they gave him. I wish it wasn't Peggy Carter. Yeah, I think this whole complaint goes away if it was just like, oh, he's dancing with some lady. Yeah, and even then they could have, you know, written in later who it was and made it connected to the MCU or something. But anyway, um, it sounds like we are not alone in our confusion. So good. (laughs) It's always good to see that the creative team who made the movie is also confused about the thing (laughs) you were confused about. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Maybe they have it a little more uh, planned out than the Game of Thrones creative team. Ooh, shots fired. Shots fired. <laughs> uh, should we sidestep for a second and just say um, I th- we're going to do a Game of Thrones pod at the end of the season? Yeah, I think that's a fair time to do it. Yeah. So p- people probably been wondering where our Game of Thrones commentary has been. And uh, I, have, for one, have been fine to step aside from the internet craze over this mainly due to the spoilers but also there's some real hot takes that i'm not sure are going to end up good takes so we'll yeah. wait on that let's marvel getting back marvel, on track marvel, marvel, let's talk about marvel stuff step back. <laughs> hey, so we talked about almost all the original avengers we left two who do we want to do next do we talk about some black widow maybe 
Sure. Yeah, yeah. We got a, yeah. They, we kind of did Hulk and Thor because they were intertwined before, and then we ended up leaving Black Widow and Ronan because they're intertwined here, intertwined here as well. Yeah, um, and I think that you know, based on the outcome of this and what happens to both of them, I think we have to sort of talk about them together, right? Yeah. Even though they're not necessarily really a thing All until right. the very end. So Black Widow um, becomes the new Nick Fury in a way, I guess, post five years. Yeah, and yeah. I thought that was a good place for her character to have gone. You know, she was always the intelligence operative. She was the person, you know, running the military ops and stuff that are like cleaning up, doing a lot of that interfacing with the actual government stuff. And I thought that was like a great role for her to have stepped into. Mm-hmm. But then she doesn't really get the chance to do much of that because then they're like, actually, this heist is going to happen now and you're going to go off over here and die. <laughs> I am, well, I'm almost certain last episode I said I would have watched a whole movie of, of her kind of trying to lead the recovery effort over those five years, uh, leading Sam and the rest of the team. Well, Sam was gone, right? Yeah, Sam was gone. Yeah. Yeah, Sam's uh, gone. But leading like Rocket and those other guys. Uh, yeah, like Rocket and Okoye. Trying to catch up to, to Ronan, all that stuff. Yeah. There's like a cool movie there, like picking up the pieces of what happened, of what was left of S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, now that Fury and all his secrets are gone. Yeah. You know, the, there's a lot of cool stuff that could have been done there. Did um, way more Hydra survive the snap than than uh, S.H.I.E.L.D.? Yeah, who knows, right? Oh, that's an interesting question. Mm-hmm. So that, that's a movie that could or should maybe even exist. I'm not sure what the Black Widow movie is. I've never read up on it. Um I don't think anyone is sure. <laughs> no, they're, they've been real tight-lipped on details about that one. That's maybe a good sign or maybe a, you never... It's just a sign. It doesn't... Yeah. I don't know which way that points. <laughs> does, any, does anything mean anything when you see it reported in a Hollywood good, tabloid? Good, 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 yeah, good yeah. point. All right. Uh, she is broken, though. She's eating peanut butter and Marmite or whatever on her desk there. She goes... She. It's funny. She. You know. She's holding everything together. She really kind of takes on that... Ma- that harried mom persona she's let her hair grow out she's i think she's in sweats when she's eating the the peanut butter sandwich yeah yeah she has her feet up on the desk she's going yeah. non-stop completely yeah uh, people are telling her to take breaks and this is where i felt real bad about cap in this movie is when he shows up and he's all fresh-faced and shaven and he's come from his little therapy session where he's trying to help everyone he shows up and she is clearly in distress and you're just kind of like what's up bro hey natasha how you doing yeah how's it going over here it's like like clearly not good dude yeah things are not well here you need to be taking care of your friend well um and then did anyone else get the kind of opinion she kind of fades a little bit into the the haze of the planning and the techno babble and the time machine until her mission shows up? Well, she goes she has to go which which mission? The one to recruit Ronan? Well, yeah, okay. We'll get yeah, sure. No, so I mean that happens first. That happens so. first. Yeah. So we get that scene. That's where she has a big thing, right? She's like, right. "Oh, this guy's out killing people all the time. We, this is something we can do. We're we're here. I can follow this guy. I know who it is." And you know, so she goes and finds him. Sure. Their their big scene together is not that big a scene, in my opinion. But what did you guys feel about it? Yeah, it's not okay. <laughs> uh, it, it was cool. It, it was a 
it was a great introduction for Hawkeye Ronan. Or is he still Hawkeye? I don't know who he is. I mean, Do they ever call him Hawkeye? Do they ever call him Ronan? They just call him Clint this whole movie, I'm pretty sure. Or Barton. Yeah. Or Barton. Yeah. I don't think they ever call him Ronan, but that is the storyline. So everyone okay. calls him Ronan. So, you know, it's it was a great introduction for him. Again, we sort of see her as being the, like, character who is helping other characters get their introduction or do the thing. She doesn't really get to shine at all in that scene other than, like, a, hey, man, don't kill everyone all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's where she kind of begins the fade into the background until her her time comes, right? I feel like. I don't know. I mean, it, it, they, they go to, you know, him and... uh uh, not him and uh, <laughs> Cap and she and um, who was the third one that goes with them? Oh my gosh, the movie is starting to fade in my mind a little bit. Time to see it again. Yeah, I know. It's about doesn't she? Doesn't she takes she... them out to meet with uh, Iron Man with uh, Stark when he's out there? The Scott. 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 Right. Goes Once they find because Scott, that's, yeah, Scott shows up at the at the compound. And they can right. explain and then everything. They th- those three drive out to yeah. Iron Man's cabin in the woods. And then it all becomes about Cap putting Iron Man on the time machine case, and then uh, and then it's her mission. So I think we have to kind of jump ahead there. I wish that uh, five years of time maybe should have made her the leader rather than dropping it back in the pants of other people, but say la vie, I guess. Yeah, it's. I wish there was more done. She is one of the characters that this movie didn't do much with that they could have. Right. I mean, just she's been leading the War Machine, Rocket, Captain Marvel team. It seems like those people would de facto kind of, right, drop it, drop her opinion above everybody else's at this point. She's been holding things together for five years, so. Too bad. Oh, well. Uh, she and Clint go to get the Soul Stone. Yes. Soul, yes. soul Gem. Soul Stone is from Diablo. <laughs> I believe they still call it the Soul Stone in this also, though, because they oh. refer to them as stones and not necessarily as gems. Okay. Yeah. Which we know in advance is uh, the somebody has to die to get it, or at least in the past we knew somebody had to die to get it, which is how we lost Gamora in the previous movie. There was your spoilers from previous movies. <laughs> yep. Uh, Thanos, you know, throws her off the thing. It was cool to see Red Skull again for five minutes. Just Hugo kinda, Weaving cashing that yeah. check. Hanging out. <laughs> and uh, he tells him, yeah, you got to, like, lose something you love. Which I he said it so specifically that I thought, oh, they'll find a different way rather than killing somebody. Um, and then it becomes a competition for which one of them can throw each other off of a bridge first. Yeah, who can throw themselves off themselves the off first? the bridge? Right. Yeah. The other person. Right. I'm sorry, I didn't say that correctly. Yes. Um, which implies were they uh, talking platonic love between these two? I, 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 I was confused. You know, Clint went on to have a family. They weren't ever yeah, really so, an item. Yeah, they, well, they, you know, they have hinted throughout the movies at them having a, a strong bond based on their past, but they've never gone into any details about exactly what that is. So, 
I, I think it falls somewhere in between on the spectrum. Yeah, they very explicitly show Clint having his family snapped in front of him. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, they're not necessarily that way. But that doesn't mean maybe they don't have some kind of unrequited feelings there or something. But clearly, it's not ever developed at all whatsoever in any of the scripts. <laughs> maybe early there was like weird flirting. I guess I haven't also... seen like Avengers 1 in a long time. Well, so maybe. Yeah, but like. There's also there are, hints there along the way that, that Widow and Cap are going to, you know, it's like she's all over the place in terms of the character writing. I don't know. Yeah, I I wish I had more things to say about her and maybe we'll find out more in her solo movie. I just yeah. this one you don't get a she doesn't have an arc. She doesn't get a lot. Her arc is to like sacrifice herself so that the rest of the team can finish the mission. Yeah, so I wonder then, if her sing. I wonder if her seeming all over the place is a consequence of her not having her own movie. Right, you leave her character in the hands of a bunch of different people, and rather than having one clear vision of of who she is and where she's going, you get a little bit of director A, a little bit of writer B. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a. I never thought about it like that. Very likely, yeah. Which is what, you know, that that ties back into last episode. If you go back to 155, we had the same observation about Captain Marvel. It was like, well, she didn't she didn't act as Captain Marvel yet before they filmed this. And no one really knew what character she was going to end up being in her own film. So right. she's kind of less, left a little listless in terms of her ability to portray a character. Um, and I want to be real clear up front because I read some stuff on the internet that was very unfair to Brie there. I don't think she was bad at all. I think that the character was unnecessarily inserted to make sure that they were setting up for their next movies franchise. But that doesn't, there was some nasty stuff. It was not good. No, thank you. Internet's a dark place sometimes. Yeah, I just to tag on on the end there about Captain Marvel, I think you hit it almost exactly right there, Andrew, that the character was inserted. Like, you could have done this whole movie without having Captain Marvel in it. Mm-hmm. It would have been fine. You know, you have Thor use the lightning. You have, you know... Find a way for Tony to get back. And there's a hidden shield missile battery somewhere that Nick Fury launches or whatever. Who knows? Just throw Hulk up there. Yeah, right. throw Hulk up there. You could have You could have made something happen if you wanted, sure. right? But they had Captain Marvel. They knew they were going to do a movie with Captain Marvel. So they're like, ah, oh, we got a shoehorner in here a couple of places. And then anytime that it would make sense for her to show up, other places in the script would just be like, ah, oh, there's the rest of the universe. She's fixing that. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> Bummer. Bummer. It, and that's that's not on her, right? The actress is doing what she can. She is not, she's not in charge of the writing there, unfortunately. Back to Black Widow, also not in charge of how she ends, uh, forces Clint to drop her off the cliff, and that's it. Bye-bye. Yeah. I don't know. Unceremonious, in a way. Feels yeah, like... It, did you guys, after watching that scene, did you, like, were you getting the emotional, you know, like, that feeling of, like, oh, no, my emotions are swelling here, I'm getting tears, or I'm feeling really sad that these characters, you know, one of these characters is going to die? That whole scene kind of just fell a little flat to me, and I don't think it was because of the acting necessarily. It's just like I kind of didn't care about either character that much. 
and just because they'd never really had gotten arcs or they'd never had movies, they didn't have the attachment that I'd grown to a lot of the other characters. Yeah. I, I think that, I think that was a big piece of it. Um, was really, the, you know, the biggest, the biggest question hanging over that scene was who's going to be the one to go. And you're, you know it in advance because widow has almost had nothing to do that is not related to somebody doing something else. And Clint is trying to get his family back. Right. Uh, and so really, honestly, at the end of that scene, I felt the worst for him because it's like he's gone now through losing his family and his best friend, I guess. Uh, He's certainly one of his only few friends. Right. Yeah. He clearly is not really a, a fan of the rest of the team <laughs> yeah. uh, anymore. <laughs> so, yeah. I, yeah. I Maybe a little flat. Sure. It's kind of unfortunate. I don't. I think there is an arc here, and the most interesting stuff, again, kind of happens at the beginning of the movie for her, um, which is unfortunate. But maybe it means we can get a director Fury movie with her instead. I don't know. Or there's an alternate timeline, or there's or a, an alternate Who timeline. knows? <laughs> go, we'll we'll go get back to that to in a minute. See what she was up to in the, the 90s or something. All right. Clint Barton. Uh, one of the one of the most drastic turns, I think. Sure, uh, kind yeah. of been missing a little bit, except for cameo in which was it? Uh, was it Ultron? It might have been an Ultron. I guess I don't think he was in mm-hmm. Civil War. Yeah, well, he was definitely in Civil War. Hmm. Because that's how that's how he gets the the anklet, right? Yeah. He's wearing the he's wearing the ankle monitor at the beginning. Okay. Oh right. I haven't seen Civil War in a long time. It's tough, man. There's a lot of movies there. Uh, so he's American. I know. We open the movie with him. He's got a family. He's moved on with his life. He's teaching, teaching his, his archery. Yep. Yeah. It's a pretty good moment, I think. And you know what's going to happen. The whole movie opens up. They show the scene, and everybody in the theater is dead quiet. And all I could... I just, under my breath, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you it's knew it was like, coming. like, come on. And I don't... I don't want to be mean to people, but there were some people in the theater that were shocked. They're like, oh! It's like, what, what did you think was going to happen here? <laughs> His whole family's fine, and then he decides to go back to change things anyway. <laughs> yeah, like he he made this whole family, and this girl grew up to be twelve or whatever post snap somehow. Yeah. So I think it's a testament to the cinematography and a good job taking a long pacing here that it does feel like well done and emotional, even though you already know logically what's going to happen to his family at the opening of this movie. Anybody else have that feeling or was I the only one? No. no I, I, oh, go ahead, Michael. I was going to say, I felt the same way. I think it was a, it was the right way to open this movie. Um, and we touched on it a bit last week. I think the right choice to put this up front in the second one, rather than at the end of the first one. Yeah. I, you guys both basically said pretty much what I would say. It's, it was the right thing to do to get his character 
motivated and into the fight since he wasn't in Infinity War at all. <laughs> uh, he breaks out of his ankle monitor because there's nobody monitoring it anymore and apparently goes around the world on a rampage because it is unfair that criminals have survived the snap and his family did not. And uh, I think that is a believable turn for a character that has been on the fringe of the Avengers anyway. Yeah, it definitely is. He's He has always felt like a bit of a loner, right? And he has these very... His, his family is really the only thing grounding him. And so when they, you know, they disappear and the world falls apart, he just sort of gives in. So do we get a Ronin movie where he's got a particular set of skills? Oh, I would love I would love a Ronin movie. <laughs> it's like a like a John Wick but with archery. Uh I would be completely in uh, for that, <laughs> by the way. But I I don't know, maybe I guess I didn't buy it as much. I Really? Again, it had been quite a while since I'd seen some of uh, Civil War and some of the other movies where you sort of... Yeah, he was definitely always on the fringe, but I never really picked it up as him being like, well, if you guys weren't here, I would have just murdered this guy and it would have been fine. I see. But I don't know. Maybe that's just my you know lack of understanding. It definitely... The turn for him definitely felt like a, this is what a comic book character would do in this situation. Okay. Um... But I don't know if I think a human being would do it. But I I didn't dislike it, to be clear. It was just a like, oh, huh, okay. I mean, I guess this is how he's dealing with his problems, which these, these are unusual people, so they have unusual, <laughs> you know, uh, solutions to problems that maybe the rest of us would go to therapy or something, and he goes on a murder spree. So I do have a follow-up to it, though, that you are right about when you say it's a comic book character thing. So he... You you think that he makes this change, right? He's his he's a broken man that has decided to abandon principle that maybe he was that given in the Avengers. Maybe he was a Black Widow. You know, Black Widow used to kill people too when she yeah. was a assassin. So maybe the backstory that we still don't have about Clint is that he was an American version of that sort of thing, right? Um, so he might have some sort of dark past that we don't know about um, in the MCU at least. Be that as it may, if a character makes that kind of a a switch, usually later in the film, they should be challenged to fall back on one set of principles and you find either, oh, okay, uh, there's a scene in the movie where because he has become Ronan and he's okay with killing people, he maybe makes a decision that the rest of the team doesn't agree with or... He's challenged to force himself to be a good man. I don't think that happens. I think there's only one chance where that would have happened. That was in the Nebula scene. But he kind of just stands off to the side with the gauntlet. Any any thoughts there? Uh, I'm not remembering which scene we're talking about. When he gets chased through the sewers. It's a little bit out of order of his character's arc here, but uh, through the sewers by all those creatures at the end and uh oh, the hound things the hound things are trying to get the gauntlet from him and then he runs out of the sewer and there's nebula and he's like oh cool you're on my team and then she punches him oh okay i see what you're saying yeah um hmm yeah yeah i think that's a it's a fair thing to say I, he doesn't get the 
you get the nice like setup for his character, but then he never really goes anywhere other than, okay, well, I guess I'll stop murdering bad guys for a little bit and help you guys out. Yeah. So it seems like an unfulfilled redemption or something a little bit. Um, backtracking to, again, that scene with them on the mission. I think we talked most of the way through it. I don't think there's anything specific to Clint to talk about there. Other than he was also willing to jump off the building, which is weird, considering he was trying to save his family. Do you guys remember which of them said, I'll do it first? Or did they kind of just both look at each other and decide to do it at the same time? I don't remember how the scene went. It's I think they looked at each weeks. other and decided that they knew the other one was going to try to do it, so they tried to do it first. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, man, I don't know. It we kind of have talked about this scene already, so I don't want to like just go over it again. But like, yeah, it's a bummer for both characters that they got put in this situation because it's not the payoff isn't great for us, the watcher, either way, right? Mm-hmm. There's not much payoff when he does get his family back because the building blows up immediately after there's phone rings. In I guess in theory, the family is back alive in that park, and that's good because the rest of the world's getting blown up. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, in their I mean, small corner of it. <laughs> and that's it for Clint? Is that really all that he does in there? Yeah. He, he has that he, sewer scene? The sewer scene, I think, is the last big arc for him. Or scene. Yeah. Yeah. He maybe shoots some arrows while they're fighting. That's kind of all I remember. I think that the opportunities with his character were great, and I loved seeing the Ronin version of him on screen, and then... I, I it felt a little unfulfilled at the end, but still good. I think. Yeah. It, it, again, it was another thing that they had to shoehorn into this movie. Yeah. And it, that was already very full of other stuff and bigger characters. So, you know, credit to them for giving him as much space as they did, especially at the opening, which was, you know, a really good scene. Yeah. Yeah, so someone and or you know several someone's in the case of this movie is going to have to draw the the short straw. Yeah, I think we found the last the last two here. They they definitely gave them their little story together, but they knew that they were kind of the the two that you know over the course of time. Then neither one of them has a film, like you said, right? Um, yeah, I, I will be interested to rewatch this movie after. I have seen whatever that Black Widow movie ends up being and see if it then makes me want to or makes me care more about her arc. Yeah. And I guess maybe does Ronan get a movie further down the line? I don't know. He's not dead, right? No, but you know what would be cool is if that's the timeline. You know, we get the Ronan and and Black Widow timeline in those five years because that that makes a lot of sense. That gives us a character arcs for two characters that really don't have much left in the tank at the end. Yeah, that would be a cool direction to go. Yeah. Uh, Rocket Raccoon? Anybody want to talk about <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes. No, wait. Yes. I want to talk about Rocket. Wait, okay. why not? Uh, He plugs stuff in. Yeah. Makes crass comments about his ship to Ant-Man. Yeah. And talks about how the Earthlings don't know how to fly it. Yeah. I think he also calls Ant-Man dumb. <laughs> he calls everyone dumb. Yeah. <laughs> It's interesting uh, that he's the only guardian that we get for most of the film until yeah, uh, thought- Quill comes back and then he has a scene with Gamora, which is hilarious. That guy? <laughs> really you him? see 
and you see him and Groot get a little reuniting uh, yeah. for like a couple shots. Why do you think they chose Rocket to be the last? Because an animated character is actually more expensive to keep around than, say, a Peter Quill or a... Well, I guess Nebula, does she count as a guardian because she's in the Guardians at the end of this? She's yes. a guardian. Okay. Yeah. yeah. She is by the end of it. But man, those two are the... She was she was a guardian in episode two or a Guardians volume two, so... Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Adopted in the middle of that movie, sure. Yeah. I it is a I think Rocket is interesting in this movie in that we kind of mentioned it in the last one, but like, you know, Rocket does more work on this to make this plan work than Thor does. <laughs> Which is Thor kind is of the- in keeping it's kind of in keeping with his character, right? The f- nobody else is going to do this. I'm going to have to do it myself. Right. And it, you know, not only does, you know, he and Thor team up to go do some, you know, fun hijink stuff, Thor actively just abandons the mission <laughs> and Rocket gets it done. He's the only one who has to go see um, Natalie Portman's character and stab her with the thing to take the stuff. Right. Yep. Yeah. So it was, yeah. It was cool having them in there. The Guardians moments at the end were, I think, peak Guardians, uh, especially... The the guardians were left with with the uh, I'm in charge. Sure you are. <laughs> that was of a course. good scene. <laughs> Very good. We both know who's in charge. I think the dynamic of adding Thor and Rocket, who are both, I, I know Peter Quill grew up in space, right? Like it's not like he's not from space, like the rest of them. But Thor, I think, like an Asgardian. And a whatever Rocket is, he's kind of famous, right? Uh, they have the clout more than Quill does. It's very obvious in a lot of those movies. So it's going to add a new cool dynamic to those, I think. Yeah. I don't know. Yes. They both speak Groot. That's true. They do. It is good. Groot. It is good to see have more people that speak Groot. <laughs> Even in because he, he did, you found out in Infinity War, right? He's like, you speak Groot. He's like, it was an elective in Asgardian yeah. College or whatever. Studied <laughs> in college. Great. Oh, so good. Yeah, but you know, I think the 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 thing that I liked this about seeing Rocket in this was that there was actually a lot more for his character to do than just be the guy who cracks a joke, kind of like Peter Quill is in the the Guardians movies, right? Mm-hmm. He was actually given, you know, stuff that he could do because he was the raccoon that no one would look at. <laughs> and <laughs> he was the, you know, the guy who would, you know, actually get people together and, and make the mission happen when otherwise it would have failed. So it's kind of nice since he, I feel like kind of plays a little bit of second fiddle in the Guardian movies. I think that kind of holds true for Rhodey too. They really gave him a lot of screen time this time around. Um, I think you know, that once he, once he kind of was broken in the Infinity War movie, he was just kind of like, eh. Well, you know, you got a lot of him out of the War Machine suit, and then this one, he really steps it up a lot. I thought. Yeah i I really enjoyed his arc, uh, Rhodey's now. Um, well, the scenes with him and Nebula on the whatever that temple planet was at the opening of guardians one. Yeah. Uh, where he's like, really is like, it's here. This place looks like a dump. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and Nebula's like, let's go find the stone. You know, it was, it was good. 
So interestingly about that scene, I'm, I'm kind of glad you brought the, that up. I was doing some interview readings of some interviews with the Russo brothers. And apparently one of the original ideas for that scene was for them to show up at a different point in the timeline and have the, that portion of the planet be completely underwater. What? Huh? They they had a way to explain it as as being like the planet underwent tidal shifts, so large swaths of it were underwater or above water at varying times. Huh. I don't know what to think about that. That's very <laughs> I think interesting. Yeah. Gets is the answer on that one. <laughs> the, it wound up. It sounded like it wound up being just way too complicated to be feasible. You know, there's. Let's get, I think we're done with characters and let's get into one of the things that I noticed about this movie is that things like that are, had no point in being discussed because there was no time in this film, right? We're talking about some of these characters like, oh, I wish they had this to do and this to do and this to do. And everything we've talked about is probably another 30 minutes of footage. Oh, at least. Yeah. You could have almost made this a trilogy. So I did hear well, there was an interview at one point where they apparently discussed that breaking this movie up into two movies. And they're like, well, the precedent was set with the Harry Potter ones and blah, blah, blah. And then they were like, dude, people are going to be so mad after the way we ended the last one. Yeah, that. <laughs> I don't think so. I think that if they had planned it from the beginning as a trilogy and you still get Infinity War ending as it did and this one gives you a lot more time especially if we're not going to get side movie explanations for some of these characters it's felt i'm just think back on it it's like oh my god they did so much stuff in that movie i can't even my brain is on fire with how many things you're supposed to remember that happened there's so many timelines to keep straight there's a lot of loose ends and you can sort of see maybe the original genesis of that idea of this as three movies. When you look at the sort of the total structure of this movie, like you're saying, there's kind of two or even maybe three movies kind of packed into this movie in little, you know, hour long movie clips. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's like you have this little hour long movie time travel heist thing. You have this other little hour long action movie where everyone's fighting at the end and you have this sort of middle hour long, everyone get together and build the MacGuffin and make the good things happen. (laughs) And it's, you know, like you're, it kind of doesn't feel like if, if someone was asking you, Hey, what is this movie about? How would you answer that question? It's impossible. Yeah. I like, I mean, I liked it quite a bit, but you're right. You know, you get to the end and you're just exhausted. And then you oh, yeah. sit through a huge battle that just goes on and on and on. Yeah, I don't want to make it sound like I did not enjoy the movie. I enjoyed it very, very much. Right. But I just that idea, I think, has a lot of merit. Like, maybe they should have given it more time, which is outrageous to say for a movie that is three <laughs> hours. It's outrageous. It's have... unbelievable. Three hours is so long. Where would you have even have cut it? Well, you'd have yeah, but, to have written in a lot more yeah, stuff. Yeah, you would have written it. You would have written it differently. And for sure. yeah. I think that you would end up with what you know some of those side missions taking place during the big battle. You know, um, Nebula's mission comes first, and Thanos catches on to what's happening here, and he manages to get into our timeline. But not everybody's come back through the machine yet, so the Avengers have to defend the machine. 
so that everybody you know, can get or, back and they can do the snap. Or, or they cut the movies differently such that it ends with the Avengers losing and Thanos teleporting away on that planet, right? Where Strange and Iron Man and Spider-Man and all those guys were, and mm-hmm. Thanos teleports away, and then that's the end of the movie. Then you have and, the you snap know, in the middle of the second one. you have the, the snap one. in the middle of the second one, and then you, you know, undoing the snap is the end of that one, and then the third movie is finishing the fight or whatever. Uh, I think you have to end the second movie with somewhere at the end of the five years later arc where Ant-Man pops out and he's like, I think we can fix it. Well, and then you, that, from that point, you wind up with just about the, the movie that we got. Oh, uh, you... You might have the end of that movie being the Tony Stark, you know, you have the whole, the whole getting back to the team back together arc in that in end of the second movie. And you're kind of like, okay, the team's back together. Cap and Iron Man don't hate each other. They have a time machine. They jump in the time machine and that's where the third movie starts. Yeah. Okay. My, my worry with something like that would be that it, that second movie winds up feeling like a setup movie. I don't know if a snap happens in the middle of that. And they haven't undone it because they're jumping in the time machine. Which snap? The the, the original snap. one in Infinity. Oh, okay. Because huh. you end the first movie before beforehand. You're like, oh my god, Thanos has all the stones and he just killed Doctor Strange and everybody else, or whatever. I don't know. Oh, right? He has he has all but one of the stones because he needs the right. Vision Stone, right? And yeah. so then they have that battle at the opening of that second movie and then go all the way up through putting the team together and making the time machine. And then anyway, I don't know. There's a lot. I, it's a, which it, and it's crazy to think about this one movie could have been cut into <laughs> almost two and a half, three movies, I, which is, I honestly think it might've been better as three. I really, th- th- since we've been talking about it, I can picture it as three movies. And I think it would have been really good. Very timely reference here with other media that should have also maybe kept going a little longer. Uh, Hobbit. <laughs> no, a media that should have, speaking of media that should have been way less long. Uh, I don't know. Do, do you guys have any like overarching thoughts? I know we just talked about some stuff. Is there anything that you guys want to touch on that we haven't really hear yet? Do, I heard a lot of complaints about the comedy. Or the, uh, like, you know, you touched on some of the, the gamerness of Thor and not, not being your favorite, but I actually heard some people saying, like, they disliked Thor entirely. It was like, they, the whole thing was a joke. The Thor was just a joke. It's like, I don't know that this would have been that enjoyable if the whole movie was, like, as serious as Ronan the whole time. Yeah, did they not see Thor Ragnarok? It yeah, definitely reset the tone for the whole Marvel universe. Thor Ragnarok was as good as it was because it was hilarious. Yeah. And because, you know, he and, and Korg, right? Korg is the rock guy. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, you know, his little buddy or whatever are just like off having dumb adventures. Like that's, that is why that movie is good. And because Thor just kind of like is over himself, over being a jerk and like self-serious about, you know, being worthy and mer. Like he's better. It's better because of that. But they were trying to make that point that, oh, this wasn't that. Like it's not Thor Ragnarok. This is this is its own thing. It should have been in the like the other Avengers. You know, it's like um, I think Thor is Thor's personality is pretty in line with 
who Thor's personality is. It's just now he can't beat anyone up because he got <laughs> he drank too much beer. Which <laughs> is why he has to resort to yelling at people on Xbox Live or whatever. Yeah, I, I just want to see if you guys wait wait in past that wait in. <laughs> uh that wasn't a pun, but it was. Um, I, or if if there was anything else that just like stood out to you is like this just didn't fit the tone because that's their main thing is oh they thought the tone was gonna be more serious and I just I think that's too self serious is not not gonna work anymore they've no, they've established since Iron Man smarminess and and jokes like the first Iron Man movie is all smarminess and jokes and like yeah, my God Iron I, Iron I, Man I, interacting with Cap smarminess and jokes so. And I think it would have been over as long as the movie was, it would have been too much to just try and do that level of seriousness throughout three hours. Yes, that is right? the it perfect would have point. Been, like, Gravitas would have just dragged the whole thing down. Yeah, especially yeah. since Iron Man's not cutting jokes anymore, you know? Right. And, you know, yeah. there's definitely parts of this movie that are very serious. And there's, you know, wonderful acting on display by many of the characters in the film and there's the parts where you know the the emotional moments are there you see it you see it in the characters faces and their eyes and everything that's happening but you know you don't need every moment to be like oh the weight of the world's on me i have to act like a superhero heroically they can be funny too it's okay like people are both things it makes the movie better to show both sides yeah, it's, and it's out. It's out of character for some of the characters for them not to be funny. Like that's that is one of the hallmarks of Spider-Man, for instance, right? Is that he's always like making quips in the middle of these big, serious fight scenes. Or Scott Lang, whose character is literally just the lovable loser. That's all he has. Yeah. If How you take he... that away from him, what does he have? He has nothing. <laughs> Okay, I do. I have to ask you this question. Scott Lang got hit in the face with a missile. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say this. Yep. Yeah, this had to this had to come up. The How? only like the only the only explanation is that he has just enough time to hit the the button on his suit. And the button on his suit turns him tiny and because he's tiny he is protected from the He's yeah, he's able to it he's misses better him able now. to survive the the explosion. I want to get this he thing on Blu-ray. just goes down Blu-ray. to the quantum realm and gets bigger again. I, I, I just want to go get it on Blu-ray and see the CGI frame by frame of where that missile blows up. Because <laughs> it... It lands in the courtyard. In the, oh my god. In the theater, I was like, they just killed Scott Lang. They I, literally yeah, I was just right killed there. him. I was right there with you. Totally. He, totally. Sur- he survives the, the snap in the quantum realm only to just... Get, take take a missile straight to the face. Take an off-screen missile to the face. <laughs> I that couldn't, taco was so good. I honestly thought <laughs> no, it was That was dead. a different scene. Sorry. Until, Sorry, different until scene. he popped up later at the end where everybody's crushed, getting crushed underneath the thing, I thought he was dead. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what to say about Scott Lang. Um, I don't mind Scott Lang. I think, I think. Oh no, so. I like you, him a lot. I think he was fun. And Ant Man and the Wasp, by the way, if people didn't see it because they thought it didn't matter or whatever, go see that movie. It's really good. Good movie. Yeah, Evangeline Lilly's a great actress too. Uh, and I think that she really elevates. The first one was good-ish because, you know, uh, Michael Douglas. But yeah. 
but really it, it like giving Scott something to do other than just like be berated by Michael Douglas is is a good thing. Well, I would I would contend that the first one was good and this actually lines up with the question you asked was there any omission? The one I think disservice to me was that Michael Peña was not in this movie. Oh. I think man. he made the first Ant-Man movie funny. Yeah. Sure. Yes. Like way more than it than it could have been. I just don't know what he would have to do in this. Sure. Yeah. Like there's there's yeah. no place for him. There's but. a cameo where when he when Scott shows up at home uh, and his daughter's there and he's in the kitchen just being like, I raised your kid for you, you know? Yeah, that that's fine. Yeah, it's kind of it's. Yeah, again, let's, we're still talking about adding more scenes to uh, I know. See? Movie. <laughs> see what I mean? But see, there's tons of that stuff where you're like, there's, they, they could have done this, they could have added this. And, and totally, totally get why editors pull that stuff, even if they shot it, why they have to pull that stuff. But there's enough. They've spent 23 movies making this universe. I think people would survive if you were like, this movie needs to be three movies. This, this story needs to be three movies long. I'm sorry. Or what if they did this movie as three and a half hours and put a 10 minute intermission? Or did, yeah. Yeah. Sure. I mean, that there was a time when that was a thing. Gone with the wind. Um, and was there one in other Lord of the Rings? No. No. They made us sit three and a half hours. Uh, I uh, want to say that some theaters inserted their own. Man. I want to say that the original cut of Return of the King was under three hours. And then the director's cut, which is the only thing anyone has seen since is over three. Yes. I really think that those films are better because of the director's cuts. Yeah, I'm I'm on board with that. The CGI, I watched those recently. The CGI is 90% still good. There's a few scenes where you're like, ooh, ouch. Doesn't hold up. Yeah. The bridge at Casa Doom being one of them, unfortunately. <laughs> That's ooh. too bad. Not the actual bridge scene, but the just before it when they're jumping around on the rocks. Yeah. Not so, uh, I not heard, so great. speaking of uh, Lord of the Rings, this is a good tie-in here. I heard a lot of people compare the giant battle at the end here to the battle at Helm's Deep. Both giant movies with two armies kind of clashing together. I can see that. You, you draw the parallel between Captain Marvel showing up and Gandalf showing up. I... I make a counter argument. Okay. The battle at Helm's Deep had timing, pacing, strategies. There was, you know, there was like a a fort and they, you know, they blew up the one side of the fort and then there's a lot of stuff going on in terms of like two armies clashing and trying to outmaneuver one another in the defense and assault uh, and then they get down and then they have the ride out and all that sort of stuff. And the battle at the end of this is everyone's fighting in a giant circle around Thanos and three dudes. That's fair. I don't necessarily think you're wrong. I just think it's a, it was a comparison I had heard and we were talking about Lord of the Rings. So it reminded me. I hear you. Um, I think you're right. It doesn't seem as clearly defined as to like, I just wanted to talk for a minute about the, fight scene choreography cinematography i don't know what the right word to use here is i don't want to place blame on the incorrect creative person <laughs> you're placing <laughs> blame on someone but you don't uh, know. i i well, you know there was a lot of the like action movie thing of like here's a guy punching someone and cut yeah and like 
and like here's a cool scene doctor strange is holding the water okay cut and like here's you, you never were able to get a feel for what was happening in the fight because they were cutting back and forth to everyone all the time that's kind of what well, i was trying to get at is yeah. there's no sense of space of what the battlefield is even other than a giant crater in the ground from the scott lang missile Sure, which is why the Helm's Deep one is a good comparison, because that does have all those things where you can clearly tell, here's the keep, and everyone's lined up here, and they blow this part up, and that's bad, so now we have to defend this, and then at the end, we're losing, we have to ride out down the hills, the charge, and then the guy's coming over the hill at the end, and that's the, you know, the dawn of the day, and the whole thing, and it's much clearer defined stakes and timeline and what's going on, right? So, uh... Since this is a spoiler cast, we can do this real quick. But that comes as an as a problem with too many characters. It becomes a checklist of we need to see every single one of these people fighting. And then you have 30 characters and at even 10 seconds a pop. You know what I mean? You're like minutes long in terms of their scenes that yeah. they have to do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, compared in- to the uh, recent battle at Winterfell... Save it for the Game of Thrones cast. We will absolutely bring the this back up. The end of the Battle of Winterfell has <laughs> we'll bring a all this back up. problem. Yes. Uh, and, and we will bring all of that back up again. And, you know, I think the... It, and you're exactly right. I had, I had forgotten how many scenes you get where it's like, here is Black Panther punching a guy. Here is Valkyrie cutting a guy. On you, here you, is... Yeah. You've even got yeah, like... A wasp and, you know, the... The women fight, like, where all yeah. of a sudden all the women are there, um, which was f- funny, but... It was cool, but then also <laughs> you're like, hey, did any of these people, were they in any movies? Yeah. It was a oh, nice little like B-movie moment where you're like, ah, I could watch a team-up of this. This would be fun. Well, and that's, like that was that's another... Fun. Well, it was the... Uh, that was another thing that, that people were speculating about was that that image was basically the a force oh okay gotcha okay oh but mm, i guess uh i guess uh what's the oh my god i can't remember tony stark's wife pepper pepper Gwyneth paltrow pepper thank you yeah uh i guess she can hand her armor off to someone else and then they can put that person in there because she is clearly clearly, done she's clearly done (laughs) their daughter question mark there you go i'd watch that yeah, jump it forward a few years and watch she's, that. She's she's yeah. taking up dad's mantle. Yeah, give me that. Yeah, or I want it. You know that. Yeah, I'm all in. I mean, there. it's alluded to. She's Shuri. got the helmet. Put Shuri in that movie. Put Valkyrie in that movie. Oh, this is stuff I want to see. That'd be a great movie. Nebula. Nebula. No, she's yeah. off with the Guardians. You can't do that. Uh. Well, oh, you could put uh, you could put Wasp in it. Oh yeah. Yep. She gives you a lot of intelligence in terms of. Like book smarts, you know? Definitely stuff that some of those other characters don't always have. <laughs> well, since we've since we've started transitioning into the the look forward, do we want to talk a little bit about the Spider Man trailer that dropped in the wake of this? Which is in the future of this very clearly because John Favreau is in that trailer telling Spider-Man, he's around, right? Like, uh, we got him at the end. Oh, we didn't talk about the funeral scene, really, with oh. him. Oh, yeah. With him yeah, with uh, Iron Man. Chat about that yeah. for a couple minutes. Yeah. And so, okay, truthful answers only. Okay. Who recognized who that random kid was at Tony's funeral? Nope. Had to look him up. Same. 
Wait, what random kid? So when they're panning through the crowd of everyone who's at the funeral, right before the it pans across the porch and you see Nick Fury, there's a random teenager just kind of like scuffing a toe in the ground as standing near the back. I think he was with, next to Wanda and whoever she was standing next to. I totally missed that. I was way too distracted by something else. Why don't you tell me who that was? You remember the little kid from uh, Iron Man 3? Never saw Iron Man 3. Uh, okay, there you go. Mm-hmm. Well, it was him, and I didn't, and neither did anyone else in the theater, because I could hear, hear a bunch of people going, Who is that? <laughs> <laughs> I yep, was, that, was the, that was the first thing I looked up. I was too distracted by the fact that Clint was not with the team. Oh, yeah. It was pan, it was like original Avengers pan to like backup Avengers team pan to Guardians pan to Clint and his family randomly aside from everyone else. You know, like it was weird. It was a weird. They had to green screen him in. Yeah, it was a weird moment where it was like, is he, was, is there something going on here where he was just like, not, this is where I feel like uh, this character didn't get enough service because I don't understand why he doesn't want to hang out with the rest of them anymore yeah but you never you never get a raw team vibe from clint i get that yeah i get that uh so don favreau basically says that he's back in charge of setting up the next marvel universe at the end of this (laughs) film uh but he does it on film this time so i don't know the funeral scene was good it it was it was a it was a good send-off to that guy yeah it's nice that they did it at that lake that brings the whole thing full circle. All yeah. right. So Spider-Man, uh, we get the intro that it has happened after everything and is in the same timeline. Maybe we'll get to that in a second. John Favreau's there to shepherd Spider-Man along. It's what it seems like. And yes. you definitely get the uh, Peter Parker is like, oh, man, all my friends are alive again. And that's yep. nice that we're trying to figure out how to go back to life now that so a bunch of people had been dead for five years that's my first question did literally his entire class get snapped out of existence no 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 because there's a scene there where he shows up at school again and it's i think it's pretty clear that his best buddy has been around for five years and been like oh my god you're back Is right because it's because okay. remember peter was gone yeah yeah i don't think so his class may have been there yeah yeah um and then you get the thing where you see uh, Mysterio, right? Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh-huh. Uh, and he has some weird powers, okay? His name is Vec. I didn't get that. That's Yep. Yeah, they introduce okay. him, and they're like... Or Nick Fury introduces him? Nick, Nick Fury introduces back, him. by the way. Uh, he's back at the end of that movie. No, I know. Uh, he's back in the yeah. funeral scene. Yeah. Uh, uh, and you see him, and he's like... Thanos' snap tore a hole in our reality, and he's from an alternate dimension. What? <laughs> from Earth, just not ours. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then they say, they don't say his name's Mysterio. They say his name's Vec. And you're like, okay, cool. So we're all supposed to pretend, huh? Yeah. Sorry, I just jumped to the thing. I didn't even, I just heard Mysterio. <laughs> That's I not mean, what they said. <laughs> he is Mysterio. You see him in the Mysterio helmet later. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, but it is a, they literally just spent an entire movie doing time travel stuff. And then they're like, but alternate dimensions, you guys. 
Yeah, so <laughs> what? I thought I thought that we didn't branch the reality, but I guess we did or I, I think I think that the multiverse is slightly different from branching the timeline on a single instance of Earth. It's too much. It's, yeah, it's a lot, but welcome to comic books. I know. Right. And so then that's my looking forward part is like, okay, are we going to do the like all the weird Earth stuff of like Earth 2 and Earth, what is it, 6-1 whatever and all the crazy like the Ultimates universe, which Sam Jackson is technically from, what? you know, like all. Isn't the oh, oh you mean that that version of Nick Fury. Sam Jackson Nick Fury being Sam Jackson was from that Ultimates universe? I right? think it started there and is now everywhere. I don't think that it's separate anymore. Okay, um, but you know that that whole um, you know Marvel multiverse thing, and uh, you know it just I think it's interesting that after doing this whole time travel thing, instead of going back to the time travel, well, they're just like. Now we're going to do dimensions. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to lose the thread on Spider-Man in the long run here because I have one more comment or two more comments on it. But I think we talked about it a little bit last time, which was they're going to expand the Marvel Universe into space and we're going to leave Earth quite a bit behind. And yeah, I think you're right. If we are going to be on Earth, it's going to be like either alternate dimensions coming here or us going to there because... The Avengers team and the Avengers timeline is over, and to try and keep a whole nother timeline in sync, especially if you're going to be in space for quite a bit of stuff, is going to be much harder than it was originally. Yeah. Maybe. It also might it also might give you more leeway to be less specific about exactly when things are happening. Well, I have I have two con two ideas there, and one is is Spider-Man the new anchor for that? Sure. They definitely show him stepping up to have more responsibilities. You know, Nick Fury's like, hey, you know, there's this mission here. We need you to do it. I don't care if you're just some kid on vacation. You know, it's time to step up. Yeah. So, uh, so, so that, we're going to get preparing him, right? We're going to get a lot of the team stuff building around Spider-Man this time. You know, Nick Very Fury's possible. in this film. Other characters will show up in his films and then... We'll build a new. I guess Spider Man was an Avenger. Yeah. So I really have no idea. He he joined the Avengers at some point throughout the his story arc. Yeah. How'd you like that Iron Spider suit though? Woo! He's like kill mode. Yeah. That's that pretty cool. Yeah. Looks good. Yeah i I really enjoyed Homecoming. Uh, more than I really expected to. I'd put off seeing it for like a super long time because I was very burnt out on Spider-Man after the <laughs> 7th reboot or whatever. And people were like, no, it's so good though, JJ. You should go see it. And then I eventually did eventually see it um, on a plane, which is sub-ideal, but I watched it anyway. Uh, and I was like, oh, I should have saw this. This was good. Yeah, can't be um, any into the Spider-Verse though, you know? Right, again, it's not into well, the Spider-Verse. sure, but yeah. <laughs> just, you know, God-tier. <laughs> S-tier movie. It is. And, you know, uh, but the, the alternate timelines and dimensions stuff gives them an easy in if they want it to be like, hey, what about this X-Men stuff happened in a different timeline? Yeah. Now it's or a different universe. Now it's all in here. I see. You know, if they wanted. I don't know that that's actually going to happen. It's possible. It also leaves the door open to, oh, that Tony Stark from Earth 2. 
Tony Stark from Earth 2 where he it wasn't successful and now it's his daughter. Yeah. Oh. So I, good, the, the multiverse theory lets you do literally anything, right? That's sort of what they have done with it in the past in the comics. So, yeah. so that, that yes. kind of does solidify the theory that Spider-Man is the new anchor, which is weird considering I think this is still a Sony product technically. I think you're correct. I think also it doesn't have to be either, right? Like they don't have to do it that way. It's not mutually um, exclusive for sure. Yeah. Right. But it definitely gives them a place to start if they wanted to do that. Yeah. What's the one thing you're looking forward to that either you've heard about in the MCU coming up or you want to see them do? Ooh. Um, I think I'm interested. I'm more interested than I thought I would be in that Black Widow movie, whatever it is going to be. Mm-hmm. I'm there with you. I think that uh, I'm excited for the next Guardians movie to hopefully introduce Nova. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, I saw some. I saw some spec people speculating on that that he's the kind of the one character that a lot of people were hoping might get introduced in this movie. Uh, who didn't? It was interesting. It was interesting to see them not try to bring back or reintroduce the Nova Corps anywhere along this timeline since the first guardians movie um because that's how nova comes to be you know is like the whole nova core gets massacred like in that movie mm-hmm. uh, and he's the last one left so i'll be cool that'd be cool to see how they tie that in i want to see his character pop up what about you michael um i still have a question that i want answered and it's one of the it's one of the few end scenes that from one of these movies that didn't get tied up in this this big arc that we just wrapped up and that is them at the end of Guardians 2 they tease Adam oh yeah right yeah, and I I kept it would seeing that I expected it to go somewhere and no one no one did anything with it. Do you think they so actually I'm, tease it or you just No, they they actually do that. Like you see him standing there and the the woman who's the head of I don't even remember what their collective was called that hired them um says we shall call him Adam. And like that's the end of the 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 tease at the end of the credits. Well, maybe we get Adam and Nova in the next Guardians. Maybe that would be pretty cool. Those those would be people on the level of Thor that Thor could fight, not just Peter yeah, Quill. You know, I yeah. guess so. Hmm. I think. I guess I don't know that much about. Is it? Is this Adam Warlock or Black Adam? Which one no, of those not is Black Marvel? Adam. No, it's Adam Warlock. Okay, Adam Warlock. Black I don't Adam know is, necessarily uh, much about him. Black Adam. Black Adam DC. is DC. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, no, it it would be, but Gamora can't come back, right? I is twenty fourteen Gamora still running around in this universe? That yes, was never clear. She's, she is. Lo- I think that that it might have been a line. She's actually, not in that, that end she scene. Had, that she ran off. She's not. In no, the but end you scene. see, not at the you see, but you see, you see Quill running the scan for her. He's sitting at the the console and back in his ship, oh, and he's running a scan. Oh, I didn't catch it. That was a scan for her. Okay. Yes. Well, I, that, I, 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 that's that basically guarantees you that um, Adam Warlock's in the next one because he and Gamora are an item at some point. So. Okay. See, I didn't know anything about that. So that is cool. 
uh, yeah, which means I probably won't get what I want, which is me no Nova in that movie because that's way too much to try and. But you know who could show up where Nova could show up? What, Captain Marvel too. Oh, yeah. yeah, sure, sure. That'd be a long ways off, but okay. she's got some links to the Cree and the. Well, if anyone Zenda likes fighting whoever's. Cree, it would be Nova. If people have the thing they want to see next in the Marvel MCU, what, where should they send that? That would be podcast at wewergamers.com. Uh, also, our YouTube channel, which you can find on YouTube. Just search We Were Gamers. Put a subscribe comment on to the us video there. and ask us or tell us what you think. Yeah, please. We're The comment section, as bad as it can be sometimes, is uh, is open. So let us know. <laughs> Uh, and follow us on social media. We're on uh, We Were Gamers on Facebook and Twitter and uh, Google and Apple and podcasts and wherever you can find those, you can find us. Carrier Pigeon. Yeah. Well, Smoke signal. Until the next MCU Excelsior, right?